The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Abortion can be a difficult subject to talk about. For those with personal experience, it may bring pain and can be hard to make sense of. Welcome to Life After Abortion with Michaeline Friedenberg and Skylar Christensen. On our program, we'll offer a safe place to begin the conversation about abortion and provide steps to start healing. Now, here's Michaeline and Skylar. Welcome. This is Michaeline. And this is Skylar. We are so glad that you're here with us today. We recognize that abortion can certainly be a very painful topic, Mm -hmm. something that can bring up a lot of emotion, painful memories. Perhaps we've made that decision in the past or somebody close to us have, or maybe we're just really uncomfortable with the topic. And so we're so glad you're here, and we want to assure you that this is a safe place. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And so we we want to start out by just going over some of the subjects that we've already talked about in the past few episodes, because all of these things, they really interact with each other, they lead into each other. So it's really good to get that big picture. And and so just to go over what we've already talked through, uh, on our first episode, we discussed just the number of people who are impacted by this, by Mm -hmm. abortion. There's the woman who's had an abortion. And we know in the United States that by the age of 45, three out of 10 women will have had at least one abortion. And then there's a man involved in that situation in some way. And often family members and friends are involved as well and, and impacted. And then there's the concept of disenfranchised grief that we talked about, that the grief involved in abortion is something that society does not really give permission for, that those who are dealing with this pain have to do so in a culture where where people just aren't thinking about it as a painful thing. They're treating it as a non-event. So overcoming that, overcoming that challenge of this being a disenfranchised grief. That's something that we've, we've discussed. Mm-hmm. And then we went into how, because of that, it's important to start by telling the story for the hurting individual. Telling their story is a very significant step. It really helps to process what's happened, what's, what this event was, because it's treated as a non-event Telling your story really helps to to make it an event. It solidifies that this is something that did happen. Absolutely. And, and certainly when we have lost others in our life, that's something we naturally do. Mm-hmm. Our culture supports that, and we have rituals to do that. So it may not seem as obvious or as natural to do that when it comes to loss after abortion. And yet, as you said, that's really important to validate the reality of what has happened and begin to make some sort of meaning of it and begin Mm -hmm. to process that event. 
And certainly there are many ways. We talked about it last week. There's many ways that you can do that. And for some, starting to do that by perhaps writing that out in their journal, maybe they choose to share it anonymously online. Um, for instance, on the website abortionchangesyou.com. And all of those are fine ways to start. It's mm-hmm. wonderful to be able to do that. But at some point, it is going to become important to share that story with at least one other person. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's where a lot of fear can enter in again. Because often our abortion is a secret. Or maybe there's a person or two who knows about it and they didn't respond very well or they're unable to support us. And so we're thinking, how in the world can I tell my story to someone and who would I actually tell that story to? Right, right. There's already so much pain involved and then you've already taken that step of figuring your story out, but then now you're there's a potential for more pain. And so... Absolutely. Definitely something scary. So we'll be spending today really talking about building support because that's really finding that person is going to become part of yeah. your support system. And and again, in another type of loss, we kind of already have our support system there. Our family and friends would know about the loss. We'd all be gathered together, coming together. We lost a a friend last week, and it Mm. lives in Wyoming. And so there are different friends who were journeying to be with the family this week, as well as now we're planning to do something here um, locally so that we can all be together. So those are natural things that you do, and that's part of your support system. Mm. We've been messaging each other for the past few days on Facebook. People have been calling each other. That's a normal thing that happens. Not so when it comes to a loss after abortion. And yet it's so important when we think of those other losses, it would be hard to imagine journeying that alone, grieving alone, moving on alone. How would you do that? And so with abortion, though, it's similar. We do need somebody or somebodies to be able to journey with us To be able to share that, there's something so powerful just in the process of of speaking it out loud takes some of the negative power away from it. Mm -hmm. And then being able to speak it and see that the person that you're telling the story to is able to receive it. You're seeing as they're looking at you that they don't see you differently, that you're a person of value and worth, that they still support and they love you. That is so important. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that felt need of having someone listen to your story and and respond in that kind of way, see you as a, a person still and a person who's hurting and and just responding positively and with support, it's that same thing that can also lead to the fear of not wanting to, because what if they don't? What if they don't respond that way? But I still need it. I need someone Absolutely. to be able to tell this to. I know for myself that I stayed paralyzed in this place for a while as my emotions were just out of control. And for me, that was working out in really self-destructive behaviors. But when I think about talking to someone, the fear would hold me back. What if they judge me? What if they dismiss me? 
What if they act as if it's crazy that I'm feeling this way? And so I'd get to the point and then I wouldn't be able to do it. But at some point, I became desperate and I thought, I have to talk to somebody. And so I chose a friend and sat with her. It was so scary for me. There were a lot of tears. Uh, part of it was was pain, but really there was so much fear. I was so overcome with emotion. But as I began to get it out and I watched how my friend was reacting to me, it became easier mm-hmm. as I told her. And then I was seeing reflected from her that the way that she saw me didn't change. I could see that our friendship was not going to change. Perhaps, if anything, it was going to deepen through this experience. And that was such an incredible relief to know that I now wasn't alone with this, Mm -hmm. that I had someone to walk through this with me. And she also was able to assure me that I wasn't the only one who was feeling this way which to me was a revelation. I had never heard anybody talk about their abortion experience. So there was so much that happened in that. And I share that because I hear similar stories from people who, when they get to the point of sharing, this happens. Now, of course, I was fortunate to have somebody who was able to receive, and that doesn't always happen. And so I think that really spending time reflecting on who it is that I could reach out to would be a good thing to do before we actually take that step. Definitely, definitely, yeah. So, I mean, what are those things to reflect on when, you know, when we're looking for somebody like that? You said you were fortunate to have a friend like that. I think we, everybody hopes that they have someone like that, but sometimes it's hard to tell maybe who is that who isn't absolutely and not every friend or every person would qualify in a sense to do this and and that's just because we have unique relationships with individuals and also because each person is unique so there are really five things that that I would encourage someone to think through Probably the first one would be, is this a person who can keep this confidential? Mm, Yeah. So this is important. It's going to be important to me if I'm sharing that story. I'm going to want to be assured that they will be keeping my story confidential. But even if I'm at the point where maybe it's not, maybe it doesn't matter as much to me anymore if other people would know about it, but there are other people involved in this story. What about my partner? What about my family who maybe doesn't know about it or who does, but maybe they encourage the abortion and this would be very painful and embarrassing for them if other people knew about it. So we really need to consider, is this a person that I know can keep things confidential? Mm -hmm. Also, is this a person who is a good listener? Right. Not everybody is, and that's fine. Or people can listen at different levels. And so is this a person a good listener? When I think in my past, and especially when I think about talking about difficult things, because sometimes someone who would typically we think of as a good listener, but maybe when there's something that is a subject that's uncomfortable or maybe something that's really painful, maybe that's hard for them. 
And, and that, I think that's really, you know, easy to think about. Maybe there's someone that when there's a lot of pain, they want to fix it. They want to get in there and just, we're going to take care of this right now. Or maybe they just get kind of overloaded and don't know what to do and get paralyzed. And so we can kind of think back through past discussions that we've had with others and times and thinking, would this person be a good listener? Could they sit and listen to my story? Right. And we talked about listening a bit on the last episode as well, just the the methods being there with someone without trying to fix it, like you mentioned. And, and that's the things that we talked about last episode. If if you're wondering what a good listener looks like, that'd be a good thing to check out. And on our Facebook page, we have those safe place tips listed as well. Wonderful. Yes, definitely. And, and listening isn't always as easy and natural as, as someone would think right. they are. So it is something to actually think about and it, it is a skill as well. And then can this person be honest about their own limitations? And that, that's kind of an interesting thing because I think sometimes when someone reaches out to us for support, we feel honored and privileged that they're doing that. And then we feel this responsibility to be there as a support. And sometimes we can get in over our heads a yeah. little bit. And so is this someone who would be able to say, you know what, I don't know if I'm the best person person for you. And there could be a variety of reasons. And we'll talk about that a little bit more when we talk about our safe place tip today, which will be very naturally, how can I be that person in someone's support system? Um, But we can think back through other interactions with them and think, would they be able to do this with us? Would they be able to be honest about it? And then their involvement. We may want to consider, definitely seriously consider this. So if this person had known about the pregnancy, had participated in some way in the decision-making process, they may or may not be a person who would be safe for us to reach out to because of their own emotions and their own involvement that they have in this. Right. Or maybe they're a family member, and if I was revealing this to them, they suddenly would be learning that there was a family member who had been lost in the process. So this is a real touchy one, and I think when we come back, let's pick up on that and talk about that and then some of the other things about what we can do when we're looking for someone to build support. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you need extra space? A1 Self Storage has the storage unit you need, from closet size to garage. If you're looking to move, we have a huge selection of packing and moving supplies to help you move across town or across the country. Select locations are open for you 24-7, and we offer 51 convenient locations throughout California and Texas. Visit A1Storage.com. You can rent your storage unit completely online. Get started now at A, the number one, storage.com. 
We are bombarded daily with information about beauty products and anti-aging treatments. Do you know how they have been tested? Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelly's Show and Tell with host Shelly Hancock. We'll bring you the top-rated skincare products and treatments tested by Real Transformation Skin Care Centers. We'll motivate you to make the best changes. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Life After Abortion. If you'd like to connect to the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is contact at abortionchangesyou.com. Now, back to Life After Abortion. Welcome. This is Michael Lane. And this is Skylar. We're so glad that you're here with us. And let us assure you again that this is definitely a safe place to begin that discussion and exploration about how we can work through an abortion experience or how we can support somebody Mm -hmm. who is doing that. And in our last segment, we were talking about the importance of building a support system, starting out by finding at least one person that we can share our story with. And we were talking about how would we identify who that person is? So it's not, not everybody would perhaps fit into that category. And so we had gone over some things that we can consider. Is that person able to keep a secret? Yeah. <laughs> can they keep this confidential? Are they someone who can listen? Or are they going to rush in to fix it? Are they someone who can be honest about their own limitations Perhaps we think that they'd be a great person for our support system, but they realize that maybe they're not the best person. Can they tell us that? And then we were touching on their involvement. And involvement meaning, did they perhaps have something to do with the abortion decision? So how would they respond and react to this? Perhaps this would be really threatening or painful for them if they had encouraged the abortion and now we're sharing with them that we're having a lot of trouble with that decision. And we wouldn't want them to think that we are accusing them. Um, So that's certainly something to think about. Also, is this maybe a family member? You know, I think, for instance, when I revealed to my parents and my sister about the past abortion, their first response was, we would have a grandchild or we would have a niece or nephew. Now I was at a different point in my journey and I just, I wanted them 
um, to know because I was going to be sharing my story publicly. So for me, it was something I wanted to do out of respect for them. This is not to say that we should always be revealing. We have to take that case by case. But that's just to illustrate that those who are close to us may be impacted in ways that we don't think about. Because I certainly had never thought about it that way before. Right. And when you're talking about building a support system for these individuals who are really involved, if they're really close to this situation, then they may need a support system of their own. If they need their own support system, it's going to be hard for them to really be the support system that you need. It's... It's just going to be that much harder if they have their own emotional pain that they're needing to deal with. Absolutely. And that doesn't mean that we should automatically eliminate them and Mm. not talk to them. And perhaps it will still be important to, but keep it in mind, they will have their own limitations on this and their own, as you said, emotions to process through. Then the last thing I would suggest is to consider what the person's beliefs are when it comes to abortion. So you may have someone who is very vocal in favor of legalized abortion, perhaps in someone who is very vocal in the other way. And so, again, this does not mean that it disqualifies someone, but I think it's important to think about, will that individual, we all have our beliefs on this, but will they be able to set that aside for the purpose of supporting you? Because really our political beliefs and our opinions on this are something that aren't helpful when we are sitting one-to-one with a person. We want to care for them where they're at and be able to support them. And this can be very tricky. This could be difficult to do, especially in our culture. We don't have a lot of practice doing that. And we tend to think about this in very, very black and white way, kind of the narrative of extremes as well. So it's really something to think through. And again, it doesn't disqualify someone. And perhaps even as you're reaching out to them, you realize that maybe they do have a limitation in this area but can still support you, but maybe you'll need to add some others as well. Right, just being aware of it as one of those elements that's going to be a part of the conversation, that could be all that's needed. Just asking the question, what are their beliefs? Where do they stand politically? Are they someone who's very vocal in the debate? And knowing that going into it, going into telling your story to them, that can just be what's needed. Perhaps just having that proper expectation of how they're likely to respond. Can be what's needed. Absolutely. And because they probably haven't thought about it that way before. I was guest lecturing in a college classroom last week. And one of the things that the students shared with is they were so appreciative that I was there and I was sharing this because they definitely had formulated their opinions on the issue but they hadn't really thought about like in the context of personal experience. And they said, well, this makes so much sense. And of course, if there was a friend or a family member, it doesn't change their value or their opinions around this. But in the instance of supporting someone, it's kind of you leave that at the door to just be present with that person. So we'll come back to these again when we talk about the safe place tip today. But I think right now to illustrate this, to share some stories, 
share stories from people who wrote in anonymously to the website who are seeking support and help. And I think this will, will help us to visualize this a little bit more. So let me start by sharing a recent story from a woman. And she started the story out by saying, I want to tell someone. I want to cry and scream and get it all out. And then she describes some of the circumstances, being a college student, that led her to make this decision. And then she goes on to say, I think about it all the time, yet I have to smile and act like everything is okay when I haven't been able to throw away the ultrasounds yet. And every time I open my purse, I'm reminded again and again what I have done. I don't want to forget because if I forget, I feel like I'm heartless. I regret it all so deeply. It has been two weeks now since the procedure, and I cry myself to sleep every night. I drink every day to try and forget about it all, but it only works temporarily. And goes back to saying, I want to let it all out and not suppress it like I usually would, but I have no one to talk to. The father is the only one who knew And when I try to talk to him about it, he blows it off as if what's done is done. But that doesn't console me. That doesn't make me feel whole. I think I'll forever be missing a part of myself. And no matter if I have children later on or not, there will always be that what if. Mm. What a powerful, I mean, she's obviously desperately wants to be able to talk to someone about this. And it's great that she was able to come to the website and share her story. But as you can hear in her language, she really needs something more than this. She's wanting to tell someone and she's talking about uh, the man there who he's involved. Like we were talking about the level of involvement. Yes. You can imagine how hard that is for him. So I know he, she is perceiving his reaction as he blows it off. You know, what, what's done is done. And yet, of course, it's only understandable if she's now telling him that she regrets this and she's never going to be whole and she's drinking to try to forget about it. I can't imagine what kind of pain that is causing for him and him not knowing what to do. And I think it's really natural for him to be just kind of like, let's just put this behind us. But yet she does need, she needs somebody more than that. Absolutely. It's kind of, I think again, especially the emotion in this, I, after a while had so much rage and anger that I actually, and I'm not necessarily suggesting this, but when I didn't have someone to talk to, like I would go in the garage and just break things because I had so much emotion, but I knew that that was not a great strategy. Yeah. And I needed to find something else. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a very common kind of reaction, though, emotionally. It's not... What's needed, what's needed and what's heard in the story is that there's, there's just got to be someone you can tell. And there are, there are a lot of emotional outlets that will try to, to go down and try to use, but, but without that person to talk to, it's not, gonna, it's not really going to come out. We can't get it out. We've got to have that support. We've got to have somebody else's willing to join into this 
with us and absolutely. Help us through it. And I had shared earlier that I had reached out to a friend, mm-hmm. and she was wonderful and was helping me. But these periods of kind of um, intense anger for me and rage. I realized that as much as she was supportive for me, I needed something a little bit more Mm. and actually uh, was able to find a support group. And we'll talk about support groups in our resource roundup towards the end of the show. That's something to consider. But I realized that that amount of rage and anger was something that for this friend or for other friends was probably not going to be something they were comfortable with or that I would even feel comfortable expressing. And so I needed to widen my support system at some point. And so that's something for this young woman as well. In addition to finding a friend who would be safe for her to talk to so that she's not feeling like she needs to numb it out Mm -hmm. by trying to drink or by some other type of strategy. And that's something that we definitely do here. And maybe it's not drinking. Maybe it's overworking. Um, Maybe it's throwing yourself into compulsively exercising. There's lots of things that can be done, but finding that person to talk to, but she may find that she needs perhaps more than one person. But of course, we need to just start with that, that one person alone. So I'm thinking when we come back, we're coming up soon on a break. And when we come back, I think it'd be helpful to share another story. Yeah. Perhaps I think you have a story from a man who yeah, wrote in do, do. to the website. And so we can share his story and talk about that a little bit more before we get into how can we then maybe be a support system for these individuals. And there was a question of the week that we came there up with is. that's really relevant, isn't it? And speaking of a question of the week, we encourage people to please, if you have a question or comment, please write into us, contact at abortionchangesyou.com. That's contact at abortionchangesyou.com. And we will keep your identity confidential if that's what you would like us to do. Definitely. And like us on Facebook. It's Facebook slash creating a safe place. And we list all of these safe place tips that we go over there. And that's a place where you can interact with us. Uh, Just going over the things that we're talking about on the show. You can interact with us there, ask questions there as well. And and we'll uh, keep that updated. Wonderful. We look forward to joining you again. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Do you need extra space? A1 Self Storage has the storage unit you need, from closet size to garage. If you're looking to move, we have a huge selection of packing and moving supplies to help you move across town or across the country. Select locations are open for you 24-7, and we offer 51 convenient locations throughout California and Texas. Visit a1storage.com. You can rent your storage unit completely online. Get started now at a the number one storage.com. 
on therapeutic approach to growth. Host Brooke Wagner showcases topics and experts that are of interest to the special needs community. You'll learn about advances in treatment, challenges, and solutions, as well as how to build and maintain trusting relationships with these amazing individuals who can teach us so much about ourselves in ways we never knew. Tune in to Therapeutic Approach to Growth, live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin, breast cancer survivors and advocates. They help by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Life After Abortion. If you'd like to connect to the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email... Our email address is contact at abortionchangesyou.com. Now, back to Life After Abortion. Welcome. This is Michaeline. And this is Skylar. We're so glad that you're here. Today we're talking about building support. Mm-hmm. And Skylar, you had a story that you wanted to yeah, read. Yeah, this is a story from a man. He wrote into the website, abortionchangesyou.com. Um, and I'll just read this story. He says, Back in August 2010, my long-term girlfriend and I decided to have an abortion. After it, things were fine, and our relationship seemed to grow between then and the nine-month mark. However, at that point, something changed in her, and it resulted in her pushing me severely away and breaking up with me. Knowing that the breakup was because she was hurt and not the support I gave her, I still try to be there for her. But now at this point, she wants nothing to do to to do with me and the help I want to give her. The abortion has taken a huge toll on my mental and emotional well-being as the loss of my child and future wife were taken from me. Every day, I pray that I can help the women I love so much to not only help get past her struggles and seek the help that she so desperately needs, but to also have her accept me back as her man. Where do I turn? How do I fight this emptiness? I feel like I'm dying inside. Wow. There's so many layers in that. And I think culturally, we don't often think of men as struggling in this Mm -hmm. way. And yet this is a common story that I have heard over the years. And there's so much in there. It sounds that clearly from what he's stating, his girlfriend would benefit from support. And he desperately wants to support her. But as we've already discussed before, for her, he's too close to it. And so she's pushing him away. And this is causing increased pain for him, as he states here. And he's wanting to know where he can turn, where he can get support. Right. At those questions at the end, where do I turn? How do I fight this emptiness? I feel like I'm dying inside. I mean, those are such strong statements. They're, They're a call for that help. They're a call for support. But where does he turn? 
that's absolutely and this can be tricky yeah. i i think this this reminded me of uh a recent time in the classroom where a student, after listening to the lecture on reproductive grief and loss after abortion, and we began to enter into discussion, he and some of the other students began to share their stories, and he raised his hand and he said, I feel awful. I had a friend who reached out to me to tell me he was like really struggling after his girlfriend's abortion, and I had never heard anything that before. It sounded so strange to me that I just said, hey, dude, get over it. And he said, now I'm sitting here listening to these stories and thinking, like, how painful, how awful that was. And so... And he wasn't meaning to be hurtful. I mean, he, he just hadn't encountered this at all before. He just hadn't thought about this way. As soon as it was presented to him, now all of a sudden he realizes... Oh no. Yes. There was a better way to do this, but at the time, he just didn't have the tools. He didn't. I think that was one of it. it was clear he felt so bad. He felt very guilty about it. And that was part of my response to him. As I said, you know, with the information that you had, you behaved appropriately. Mm-hmm. Because there are times when people exaggerate things and it's not helpful for them. And to you, that's what it sounded like. But now you know something different. So now you can go back to your friend. Right. And let them know that you did hear them at the time and you thought that that was the best way you could help them and you realize now that it wasn't and that you're now there for them, you, him. You want to listen. You want to be there to support him. And I think that's also a good illustration. We, we often don't do things perfectly. In fact, we may do things very poorly, but it doesn't mean that we can't go back if we're in relationship with someone and be authentic about that. Right. And share with them. Right. Letting that paralyze you just because you've received new information now and can think back to times when there may have been a better way to handle something. That's no reason to, to be paralyzed and think that you can't do it moving forward. It's, it's important to, in this space, allow yourself to grow and, and give yourself permission to not do it perfectly, to have done it wrong in the past, and to still make mistakes in the future, too. It's not perfect. Absolutely. And then maybe I can share a story of someone who, because of her own sensitivity, was able to to move rather rapidly in a place of support. I had someone share with me this weekend that her mother had an abortion decades ago. And this was something that she revealed to her daughter. And because of her daughter's previous sensitivity around this, she was able to be that person to be able to listen and to support her mom, Mm -hmm. even though she was so close. And one of the things that they talked about and tried to, to talk through is additional support. And it was determined, together they determined that the mother would really benefit. Uh, one of the resources, something we'll talk about in a, a future episode, is that there are some organizations who will offer like a weekend retreat, a mm. weekend healing retreat. And so they determined together this would be beneficial for the mother and the daughter asked if she could go with her mom to support her mom, mm. but also because she realized that she had her own grief over her sibling to work through. And it was just this beautiful thing to be able to go and support each other while they each were meeting their own needs was really wonderful. 
which I think kind of leads us naturally into maybe our, our safe, our safe place, place tip of the yeah. week. Yeah, because as we've been discussing, you know, ways to uh, to get support, questions to ask when you're looking for support, our safe place tip is going to be, well, if somebody comes to you, how can you prepare yourself to be the support that someone needs? And so our safe place tip really is that. How do you prepare yourself? How do you get ready to be the support that someone needs when they come to you? And it has to do with those five questions that the person looking for support asks. The tip is to ask yourself those questions. Take those five questions and ask, am I the person who can give support? Am I someone who can be confidential? Can I keep a secret? If somebody tells me something, am I going to go immediately tell my friends and family? Or can I really just hold on to this? And that's something that is difficult to do. And not everyone is equipped to do that. Absolutely. And it's, and you may say, well, of course, of, of course I would keep this confidential, but I think maybe delve a little deeper into it. So what if your daughter mm. shares this with you? Would you feel obligated to tell her father? Right. So is this something, you know, those are those, that's a tough, that's a tough question to ask. Or what if there's, I had a family member reach out to me and she wants to share something in confidence and ask me not to tell anybody else. And I agree to that. But I tell you, as she revealed what was happening and we had discussions over it over a series of time, I became more and more uncomfortable with the promise that I had made. No, I mm-hmm. kept that promise. And eventually she was in a place where she revealed it to others. So it kind of resolved itself, but it can't put you in a very awkward position. So it, it really is something to think through. And it doesn't say anything negative about you. If you realize that perhaps you can't, it's mm-hmm. more in actually looking at that and making that determination of, Definitely. is that something that you can do? Definitely. Yeah. And the, the second question we talked about has to do with listening. Can I listen to this story? Can I just hear what they have to say without needing to fix it or without expressing opinions that, you know, are just anecdotal in nature? And, you know, can I, can I just listen and can I be there? That's a question. And then honesty. Can I be honest about my limitations, about how much I can help? Do I know where my limitations are? And can I, am I going to be willing to tell the other person when they're asking something of me that I just don't have the ability to do? And then there's the involvement question. How close am I to this situation? You know, what, what would I do uh, if somebody who was really close to me did come to me and ask if I could be support for them or wanted to share their story, you know, just interacting with that question. Yes. Yes. And then the last point is, is belief and assessing what, what do I believe? Where do I stand politically? Realizing that you're probably not without an opinion on this matter. It's, it's something our our culture and society especially is, has really just made, a, a political conversation. So 
And it might be a values-based conversation. So for some, it may not be, well, I don't know, maybe I don't think in terms of politics, but perhaps I'm a person of faith. And so I I have some value-based opinions that are around this. And again, we are not suggesting that people change that. Right. We're just saying to keep that in mind. And then are you able to accept someone where they're at and be able to listen to the story when perhaps you may not even agree with that story? Right. Can you do that? And that can be a difficult certainly can be a difficult thing to do. I do want to mention we do have these listed, abortionchangesyou.com and the Healing Pathways. If you click on Building Support, there are those lists of the five things we talked about, confidentiality, listening, honesty, involvement, and beliefs. And it has some questions there, so that allows you to Mm -hmm. move through that and to prepare yourself. I would also suggest, as individuals are able to, to read some of the stories that are on the website as well. We've shared some of them, but because it's unlikely that we've had anyone share their story with us, or maybe, maybe one person has, certainly a way to prepare ourselves and to even answer these questions is to read through more of the stories mm-hmm. and kind of think about... Just kind of see how you respond to them. Exactly. How am I responding to this? Where do I fall in the spectrum of all of this? And if somebody approaches us and we're feeling like maybe we're not the best person to support, you know, we don't have to say, no, 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 don't tell us. I mean, I think there's the point of you receive what you're able to and then to be able in relationship and conversation to be able to authentically share where you're at with them, and how you can support. And you can always ask the question to them, how would you like me to support you? Mm -hmm. Because we may imagine like, well, we would appreciate this support, but they're thinking something completely different. And so it would be very good for us to be able to be in the place to ask that question. And then I've already made some assessment of, well, when they ask me to do X, would I be able to do that? We may not know that to the moment, but certainly anything that we can do to help prepare. And you'll put some notes up on our Facebook page as well, correct? Yeah, yeah. So that's Facebook slash creating a safe place. These safe place tips will go up every week after our show. And you can look through those and and just, you know, use them. Use them to your advantage. Wonderful. So when we come back, we'll pick up the question of the week and look at a, a, a resource. Yeah. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need extra space? A1 Self Storage has the storage unit you need, from closet size to garage. If you're looking to move, we have a huge selection of packing and moving supplies to help you move across town or across the country. Select locations are open for you 24-7, and we offer 51 convenient locations throughout California and Texas. Visit A1Storage.com. You can rent your storage unit completely online. Get started now at A, the number one, storage.com. We are surrounded by crises, domestic violence, mental health issues, rape, suicide, 
Often, we feel alone if we are dealing with these issues ourselves, or we feel powerless to help others who are dealing with them. You don't have to feel alone. Listen for The Journey, Stories of Crisis and Hope with Jessica Pirro. The show is an open forum to share and get advice from others and guest experts and begin or continue the healing process. Listen live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Life After Abortion. If you'd like to connect to the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is contact at abortionchangesyou.com. Now, back to Life After Abortion. Welcome. This is Michaeline. And this is Skylar. We're so glad that you're here with us, in particular to talk about this painful topic. So many of us have been touched by abortion, and please be assured that this is a safe place. Mm. So we've been talking about building support today and we just shared a safe place tip on it and then we actually had a question that fits right in with this right right this is a question that's actually from someone who is a support for others she actually leads you know these kinds of support groups that we're talking about but she has this question um, which is do you ever tell anyone that they should never be a support for anyone (laughs) I love that question. I think that's such an yeah. awesome question. And and I laughed as you did when right. when I first heard that question and and then just thought there's a couple things that were going on in my mind and and one of them is we do need to be realistic. Mm-hmm. Not not everybody is going to fit into the category of being a support for someone else, in particular right. with with this topic, and that is okay. It is that is it's okay. Different people have different talents, different skills. This really is something that is not just natural for everyone to do. This is this can be a very specific kind of talent that some people have. And, and I think we can all think of those people Absolutely. in our lives who, who seem to be just gifted at this kind of thing. And I think we can think of some people in our lives who just very much aren't. And I think that's where this question comes from. I think she's thinking about some people yes. <laughs> very specifically. I think so too. And I, I had a gentleman share with me recently that he just was like, he just basically said there is no way that he could do this. And it's not because he doesn't have compassion. And he said that he, just his personality and the way that he thinks about this, he's just like, I, I would not, 
I would not be good at this. So perhaps he could even say the right words, but he knows his body language would not be conveying what this individual needs. So I think going back to that safe place tip, let's assess ourselves. Hopefully we can do that for ourselves. And and do it honestly. And do it honestly. And it it is okay. It is okay if we are not. And then in this case, with the individual who asked it, because she actually does have some ability to be able to speak with people. And, you know, if you actually are in a position of leadership and you are preparing others and you do identify those um, who maybe, I don't know if I would ever go to them and say, you should never be a support to anyone. Um, and I trust she wouldn't have done that either. Right. But I think to be able to to engage in, in an honest discussion with them or just right. know that you would be not um, directing individuals over to them. Right. So I think that's a great, great question. Yeah, and just, just reiterating that it's okay that someone might not be the it best is. support. That's okay. It is okay. It's absolutely okay. The thing is also to just recognize our limitations and be able to do that, or if we're in a position of leadership, be able to honestly recognize the limitations in others and that, as in anything, one size doesn't fit all, and we do have different giftings. And so we can certainly equip people. I think people can improve. Mm -hmm. They can become better at it. Um, But there may be some who this just isn't. We can use their abilities in a different area as opposed to in this area. And so when when we ask these questions of ourselves, if if we're trying to figure out if we can be a support, we ask these questions and maybe, you know, when we're being really honest, we realize, you know, maybe we could be sometime, but right now we're just not, we're not what someone will need. We're not the support system. So then if someone does come to us, and, and is looking for support, looking for help. And we know that now, now what can we do? And I think that that's where the resources can come in. Absolutely. So certainly you could help to think of maybe you even have a suggestion of another person in your acquaintance or in your circle, or maybe you're realizing that you can be a support, but you but when you're listening to the story, you're realizing they need more than probably any one person could give to them. So we talked about, we've actually interviewed the resource specialist last week from abortionchangesyou.com, who's in charge of gathering resources for the Find Help directory. So that's a great place to go to because you can look at that together with the person who comes to you and try to see if there's a good fit that's in there. And so there are many resources there, peer support, professional counseling, there's retreats, there's, uh, for those who are people of faith, there are Bible studies to lead people through. So there's a, there's a whole number of resources, but it doesn't list every single resource. Mm-hmm. And so one resource that we wanted to highlight this week is to consider a bereavement support group. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't think about that, and right. yet a bereavement support group, and in particular a a perinatal or a reproductive loss support group, might be a really good fit for us. And that could be for the person, the man or the woman who made that decision and have lost their child through abortion, 
or it may be the grandparents or friends or siblings, um, mm-hmm. others who are impacted. So perhaps for them, professional counseling isn't something that they need, but to be able to actually share their story and hear others share their story of right. loss would be very helpful to them. So where could you find them? Many hospitals offer bereavement support groups. And if the hospital does provide, um, has a woman's wing or allows for delivery or maybe is a specialized women's hospital, they will often have perinatal loss support groups or reproductive loss support groups. So you can look on their website or contact your local hospital. In addition to that, in many areas, there is an organization called the Postpartum Health Alliance. That's something that you can also look up um, on the website, Postpartum Health Alliance. They often will have support groups or referrals for you. And then churches are a great option as well. They often will have support groups. These groups are typically free. They are always anonymous. And it is a place where individuals can go and you can learn those important things, right? I'm not alone. There's help that's out there. And there's a way that's available for me to process those emotions. It's so powerful to do that, to share your story. And maybe you don't want to share it maybe ever when you go to the group. You don't have to speak. Maybe it will be helpful to listen and just to be with others. So we wanted to suggest that as an appropriate support group and that could be available for you. So we want to thank you again for being here. We will be listing our safe place tip on Facebook, creatingasafeplace.com. Next week, we will be talking about exploring our emotions. Yeah. We're looking forward to, to just continuing this discussion next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another edition of Life After Abortion next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember, we're here to help you.